Provoke podcast is brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, Marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent and easy-to-use PR software. Get a free demo today at Notified.com. Hello and welcome to the Provoke podcast. I am Diana Marzalek. I'm senior reporter with the um, with Provoke Media and I have with me today Hanno Cabrera. Um, welcome, Hanno. Thank you, Diana. Um, Hanno is the Chief Communications Officer at General Mills, um, and we're going to talk all things General Mills. Yeah, small mom and pop bakery here. In yeah, the- I was thinking about it because I, <laughs> I was going over, I was doing my homework, I was going over your brands, and I was like, oh, and they own this, and they own that, and they own that. And, <laughs> and you've been in the role about a year and a half, right? Uh, yes, so I've been in the role for a year and a half in the pandemic, so I think that's that's in dog years. So really, it's been like, <laughs> like years. ten years. Yeah. Yeah, right. That's how it feels like. I gotcha. And I was, we've chatted a little bit before, and you know about some of your goals and about the company and transformation and the brand and transformation. And I was like, how do you start this job? I, I imagine you did not go in and make a to do list, but how do you get your head around? a company that size and what you want to accomplish and what is it of course you have to tell us what you is you want to accomplish but um just going into something that size that magnitude it makes me overwhelmed so um that's why i don't have your job yeah no sure well well we can talk about trading i i long wanted to be a journalist uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll set aside the swap for now i you know i it, it is challenging because when i think of general mills um kind of how you started it's like wow the portfolio itself is so expansive mm-hmm. and i went through this as i began to have conversations with the company i'm just like oh i, I think i know who you are you, you guys you're you do cheerios and other stuff right, right? You think, <laughs> I think like you know nature valley and like uh, cinnamon toast crunch and it's like yeah we do that mm-hmm. and you'll play and old el paso <laughs> and blue <laughs> buffalo and epic and you know that list i mean it really does keep going on and on especially once you get to the global portfolio and the, and the global nature of the company right and um how you communicate uh a house of brands as opposed to a branded house uh is is a challenge to begin with but doing that as the company itself is seeking to transform just makes it even more difficult and then on top of that i guess all of our lives changed last year. Yeah, on an individual <laughs> level, I think transformation is something that everyone can identify with now because there is no doubt in my mind that if you're listening to this or even if you're not, uh, this has been a transformative period in a lot of people's lives. It has uh, been. It has been. And it's stagnant at the same time, right? In a weird way. Yeah, I, it's ironic because, you know, it's been transformative at a time in which we've probably moved the least. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the transformation. This is going to be like the chicken and the egg conversation. Um, so you go in and you're talking about a transformative time. What is that transformative time? You still make the products, right? General Mills still is making mm-hmm. the products. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's not about changing who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, at heart, General Mills is a food company, um, and that w- is and will remain our focus. We're not looking to transform from being a food company into aviation. So ironically, <laughs> one of the things that I've learned, just as an aside, since joining the company, is that General Mills 
actually helped create the black box. There was a period in which the company uh, dabbled in a number of things. And one of those things led to the creation of the black box. Also uh, helped create the Saturday morning cartoon, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, that's, that's as classic as the leprechaun, as the Lucky Charms last leprechaun. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I so I guess that's... a submarine on the website. Was there some sort of submarine going on too? Or am I making that up? Uh, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. There was, there's, <laughs> but I mean, but, but that's the point, right? Like uh, the, the nature of a big global company is that over the course of its history, at different times, it might explore new directions and say, as General Mills once said, uh, we make content like Saturday morning cartoons, we're, we're gonna dabble in aviation, possibly even submarines. And uh, I, th I think we owned uh, a few restaurant chains for a while. Um, but the declaration is now clear, which is we're focused squarely on food. And as part of that, uh, I think one of the things, and this, this gets to the question that you asked, like what, what do we mean by transformation? As part of that, it's a recognition that uh, customers set the pace and customers, consumers specifically, are moving faster than ever before. Uh, when I talk about transformation, what I mean on behalf of the company is being able to create and innovate new products that meet the demands of today. Uh, and to boldly build those brands up so that they become recognizable and trusted in the eyes of consumers. Uh, and how you do that today has definitely changed. It's just a different landscape than it was when the company started. Well, especially in the food business. I mean, there's a whole scientific element, a whole chemistry that goes into it, right? I mean, I just, there's the consumer taste and the consumer action and the consumer demand. And then there's literally developing the food, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's 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 across the spectrum. I mean, I, I think part of the challenge is um, so. Let's start with tastes, and then we'll get to we'll get to some challenges <laughs> that that I guess I would compare to. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get to it in a second. But in terms of tastes, um, you know, I, when you think of consumers today, like those tastes are changing so quickly. Think of your own experience. When you're uh, in the supermarket, you probably have some favorites, but inevitably uh, we all hit what economists call the law of diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. We're just like, you know what? I want something new. <laughs> Especially now uh, eating at home, cooking at home more than oh, it's, it's even more acute. And the fact of the matter is that we have a preview of how this is going to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, as we look out over the course of the world, we know that some parts of the world are out of the pandemic already. Mm -hmm. And what can we learn from them? Uh, one of the things that we can learn is that consumer tastes have changed. People continue to shop at a more elevated level than before, but they are seeking new experiences. Okay. So yes, there's an explosion of like, I'm free, I can go out, I'm gonna go to restaurants, I'm gonna go to bars, of course. But the level of eating at home has remained far above what it was before the pandemic. And there's just more of a sampling than there was before. It's, it, and I think part of that is just the culinary skills that people acquired during the pandemic. You know, we're all like mini chefs now. Like, <laughs> let's try new things. Yeah. I am my own food truck. Um, so from where you stand, is it about developing the product or is it about promoting the company as... Um, positioning the company that you are here for that 
next phase for people? I mean, it's a multi, when you talk about transforming the brand, which, which is it or is it both? Am I making any sense? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> well, this goes back to, to the comment I, I had at the beginning, which is, um, you know, is it, is it a branded house or is it a house of brands, yeah. right? Is it about the big G with the heart or mm-hmm. is it about Cheerios and Nature Valley and Old El Paso? Uh, and, and the reality, and this is often the case in life, is that it's not one thing, it's, it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the analogy that I've used with uh, my team is that um, we're not the first to face this problem. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you stop thinking about CPG, if you stop thinking about us as a company, and just think about a very different landscape in which this is a challenge, Mm -hmm. you could say, well, there's a certain flavor to Texas. Mm -hmm. It's very different than California, and it's certainly different from New York. And you can already in your own mind conjure up the accents, the foods, like the behaviors of these regions. Mm -hmm. They're completely different and distinct from each other, but they're all part of the United States. Mm -hmm. So there's still that singular identity that as different as they are, they adhere to. Um, I think that is true for General Mills as well. I I think that uh, we have different brands, they serve different needs that uh, consumers have, Uh, but at heart there is meaning when something has that big G with a heart in it. And for us, what it has always meant is that we take care in how we produce that food, both in terms of the way in which that food is produced um, but also in terms of our commitment to agriculture and long-term uh, sustainability in that space. I see that you do do a lot of in, in the agriculture and in the supply chain sort of area. That's a big, a big part of your production. Yeah, I mean, without agriculture, we couldn't be in business. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I've, I've, I'm kind of fascinated with the whole agricultural space and how it's a, a technology business to some degree now and where the farmers come in in terms of the big companies and, and all, I mean, do you, does General Mills have its own sort of farms <laughs> or grow your own? What's, what's the process? Yeah, I mean, so um, one of the things that we do is that we work very closely uh, with farmers to better understand um, what are their challenges? What are their aspirations? Uh, that, that partnership has always been a very close one going back more than 150 years. And increasingly today, uh, a concern uh, that farmers have across the globe is the erosion of topsoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's topsoil? Uh, you want topsoil. Everybody wants topsoil. If you <laughs> want something to grow, that's typically what you're referring to, right? Like that rich soil with nutrients that allows um, our products to become our products. Uh-huh. Um, topsoil, we almost take it for granted, right? It's just like, oh yeah, there's topsoil. Uh, it is a diminishing resource. And in fact, it's eroding quickly. And one of the reasons why it is, is because of the farming practices that we have adopted. Mm-hmm. And we now know that. And so we have stopped talking about sustainability within the halls of General Mills. Like, of course that matters, but increasingly what we're talking about is regeneration. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we were to sustain, for example, topsoil, well, that's not good enough. Right. Uh, we, we actually want to get back to the level of topsoil and then some that we used to have. And that means looking at our farming practices. And um, one of the things that we're doing is partnering with farmers to understand 
what are the ways in which you're farming today? Um, and uh, what are ways in which we might change that together so that we can help regenerate some of that topsoil that's so critical across the globe? That's great. Um, talking about the mix of brands that you touched on, um, General Mills conjures up some of these iconic brands and iconic marketing characters or whatever you want to call them. The, yeah. the Lucky Charms Leprechaun, I think I saw him at the General Mills um, uh, plant in Buffalo <laughs> before the Buffalo Wing Festival. <laughs> um, you know, the Cheerios, everybody knows the Cheerios. Um, I, you have Pillsbury, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Mm-hmm. How do you retain the things that matter or mattered at least to people that grew up on them? And I don't know what it is about breakfast cereal, but those are the characters that everybody kind of remembers. Um, and then transform, progress. The Wheaties box, for instance. Um, you mentioned you have something coming up where you're able to use the Wheaties box as sort of an, an avenue to address systemic inequity. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, l- let me, I'm going to round back on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll start with where, where you started, which is... There's um, questions in there. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely do have iconic brands. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, just as you said, the Pillsbury Doughboy, the, the images from my youth were conjured up, right? Like that finger touching the belly, <laughs> the Pillsbury Doughboy, <laughs> like, like laughing. And I'm sure that's... That concept is completely foreign to today's generation because that's not the marketing push, right? That's not what we're doing. Uh, and the generation before, like it wasn't for them, but it, it's it held true for me. Um, I I will borrow a, a thought that uh, was shared with me, which is um, all of all great brands should aspire to be as good as James Bond. <laughs> what I mean by that? <laughs> you got some fancy things coming up. <laughs> the cars and. <laughs> well, what I mean by that is, if you think about James Bond, um, there's a James Bond for every generation. Okay. And the reason why it's continued to work is that uh, the the caretakers of Ian Fleming's James Bond constantly reinvent mm. that character for each generation. So there is a generation that has grown up with this James Bond. It's just like, that's it. That's their James Bond forever and always. And as they look back on others, it's it's not theirs. And to some degree, it feels a little hokey to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the lesson, the great lesson there for brands is that constant reinvention so that you are relevant for each generation that comes and that there is that emotional connection between you and it. Uh, and that's that's the approach that we take for our brands. Okay. And so what is your, we talked about you coming in. I mean, what have you spent the last year and a half doing? I know it's been a lot, but uh, what have you been either unearthing and positioning the company for, or, um, you know, what was sort of this first year on this big job in this big company doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think job one was really getting to know an incredibly talented uh, communications team. Um I don't say thank you to them enough. I probably should. Uh, I doubt any of them are listening to this podcast, but if they are, I do sincerely mean it. (laughs) They are a great team. Uh, And the reason why I'm thinking about them now is um, whatever my plans were, uh, I I won't share what my initial plans were. I will tell you what they are now. Okay. And and the reason why I'm doing that is um, they're not relevant. Uh, We encountered a 
once in a generation life-changing event. Mm -hmm. And from a uh, life perspective, it scrambled everyone's life. It, it also impacted uh, industries differently, right? The hospitality industry, for example, was impacted in, in a very significant way because of the pandemic. And uh, if you recall back at the start of the pandemic, there was a lot of stockpiling, um, which meant that companies like J&J &J and um, uh, General Mills were impacted in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, from my perspective, uh, is, is I think about corporate communications and everything that's beneath it, uh, external communications, media relations, uh, internal communications, the contents and channels that we own, uh, the most important thing that we can do during this time is really that internal mission because it's the safety of our employees that's paramount. Mm -hmm. But it's also in this time remembering that we still have to compete. And so balancing that, that dual purpose of, we have to take care about the employees that we serve. At the same time, we have to make sure that we're doing the best job that we can under difficult circumstances. That requires uh, more of an investment in internal communications than ever before. Uh, I used to joke in previous jobs that uh, internal communications often felt like the redheaded stepchild of communications, mm -hmm. right? Not enough attention, not enough funding, not enough resources. Uh, I firmly believe that today, uh, if you're not paying attention to internal communications as, as a CCO in a greater way than you ever did before over the course of your career, you're not doing right by your company. Um, is that heightened in you? I mean, I, I know you're a professional. I know you, you know, you have long known the value of internal communications, but has that even risen in your, in your, in your mind, in your, in level of priorities now? Has it changed okay. for you personally? Absolutely. As, uh, as, as I came, and this is always the case, like new guy comes in, sure. He's probably going to restructure. And I did. And, you know, that's the, the prerogative of leadership. I waited uh, almost a full year before I began to make any moves in large part to understand who was on the team and what our needs were as a business. But the needs of the business became very clear once the pandemic hit and internal really was paramount. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think we're guided by this radical notion. I'll share it with you now. You might disagree with me, but what's guiding us is that employees are people too. <laughs> that is crazy talk. <laughs> yeah, what a crazy idea. But we often forget that. Like we, you've heard corporate speak. I'm sure within your own company, you have heard corporate speak where people feel that in order to communicate, mm -hmm. they just have to get to a level of abstraction, which practically steals the emotion from the moment. I think one of the good things that's come from this period is that it has been a period of authenticity for a lot of people. And that's a moment where I think corporate communications should lean in and help leaders of companies be more authentic, right? Like I, I was uh, recently on a call where somebody said, uh, do we want um, makeup for Jeff? He's our CEO, Jeff Harmon in for this video. And I just laughed. I was just like, no. <laughs> I can't think of the last time I saw makeup on any call. It's better. It's better if he doesn't. Exactly. Uh, we can all read through the makeup, the pancake. Yep. Right? Yep. That's too much. Um, 
You also work a lot, and if I correct that, um, General Moose, we're in a, in a stage, particularly now that um, in the pandemic, where the number of people with food insecurity or is rising, a lot of hungry people. Um, yeah. Mind-boggling mind numbers, especially in, in a country like the United States, I think it's 50 million at risk or something. So that is part of General Mills's mission as well, to you help reduce or feed the hunger. Yeah, I mean, um to your own self be true as the poet once said um and if you're a tech company responsibly you have activities as they relate to stem understandably if you're a food company your part of your focus at a minimum should be to address to be uh to be to address hunger mm -hmm. and it's more acute today than it ever has been in before and um uh I think a lot of eyes were opened when news reports came in from the food lines uh, that occurred in San Antonio, Texas. Um, if you saw those cars lined up, 10,000 vehicles yeah. looking for food. Yeah, staggering. Uh, it, right, staggering, heartbreaking, yeah. but not in isolation, right? That was the beginning of something where we just happened to capture it and say, what does this mean? The, the reality is that all across the country, um, the need for food is more acute. Uh, I, one of the reasons why I love General Mills is that we made the decision early on in the pandemic uh, to manufacture for donation, for donation purposes, which is exactly what it sounds like. Like those plants where we thought, okay, we have capacity, um, we understand there's a huge demand, more than ever, for our supplies. We're gonna free up as much capacity as we can because we also understand that there's a huge demand for food, food donations. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we just dedicated ourselves. I think we produced 19 million meals in um, record time just, just to help meet that demand, um, so. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely part of my focus as well, is just making sure that people are aware of that, not for the good of the company, but for our collective good. So where do you go from here? I mean, I guess we're still in the pandemic, so I don't know that we're, we're not at next step yet. But in terms of the brand of the brands, um, what story are you trying to tell? You're trying to tell that story, but what else are you, you know, what what's your goal? Is there an overarching goal? Uh, yeah, so I would say, um, and I'm sorry, say, that's sort of like, tell me about your life or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, yeah, I would say three things. Uh, the, the, the thing that I always keep in mind is, you know, ultimately the game is chess, not checkers. You know, we have to think ahead mm -hmm. and, um, hindsight's 2020. If we had known everything that we know now about the pandemic before the pandemic, obviously we would have operated differently. It's easier for us to imagine what the future is going to look like, mm -hmm. right? We know that we have a vaccine. We know that we're struggling through this period, but there will be a vaccination, wide vaccination of the population. There will be ultimately a return um, to office. And as we think about that, uh, there's an obligation on how we communicate around that. Um, and I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but you mean internally or? Uh, for this portion, internally. Okay. The next portion I would say is external, which is uh, that return is gonna happen 
you know, on, on a massive scale. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, we know what that looks like. Right. There's going to be this great period of relief, right? Masks down, glasses raised, yes. smiles across the board. Waiting. And, yep. And look, there's going to be a, an explosive period of travel and embrace and celebration. Uh, but there's also going to be a desire for something new. Uh, and from that perspective, at least, we, we're, we're focused as a communications team to highlight, here's how we're meeting the needs of consumers today. Uh, and last but not least, uh, I, I do think that this is a period that has changed people. And uh, coming out of this period, part of it is reflecting on meaning. Like, what has this period meant for for me is something that I've thought about. I'm very grateful to have spent time with my family during this period. Um, we now place greater importance on some things than we did before, and I think that's a great thing. From a communications perspective, what that means is that we need to do a better job of communicating the purpose behind our brands and imbuing those with meaning that meet the moment of today. Because I do think that consumers care about that, cared about it certainly before the pandemic, but coming out of the pandemic, I think they would care about it more than ever. Excellent. Um, and that is, as a food company, more than, I don't want to say more than anything, but as a food company, that that is so um, foundational in terms of from working with the farmers to feeding people. It's, yeah, it's, absolutely. You can't get kind of <laughs> more fundamental, I guess it is, to, <laughs> to working. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, I'm waiting to, I, till you're ready to roll out whatever's new, I uh, will be anxiously waiting. <laughs> okay. right, well, we can send treats over. Okay, send treats, but don't don't take away the favorites. Don't take away the lucky charms. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you talking to us. Um, Thank you, Diana. Okay, take care. You have been listening to the Provoke podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialists, marketeers. Support for this podcast comes from Notified, the integrated, intelligent, and easy to use PR software. Get a free demo today at notified.com.